This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to a page two fall. The show where each week, one of us reads a book and then tells the other all about it. Will it be bad? Will it be good? Let's find out. My name is Leonidas. Mm. And my co-host for this evening is Cortana. Get it? No. Because <laughs> he's a Spartan? Yeah, Spartans. Okay. Spartans, okay. that's the connection there. There we go. There. There we go. This week's book is How to Goodbye Depression. I beg your pardon? How to Goodbye Depression. Good Goodbye, like hyphenated. Yes. Okay. I, w- I was thinking like how to do good by depression, but no, no it's how to goodbye depression. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, it's in good English. That's how to say goodbye to depression. Right. Right. But it's just, it, they're using goodbye as a verb. Yes. Instead of say um, as a verb. There's a subtitle to it. Okay. If you constrict anus 100 times every day, malarkey or effective way. Oh God. <laughs> So this is, before you get any further, Yes, I know, I know nothing about this book, right? Okay. This is a self-help book Yes, that I'm going to say goes over different theories and different, I, I, I don't know the name for them, but like homebrew remedies? Kind of. Okay. Uh, it, it is a self-help book. Um, you could, I guess, put it in the health genre. Sure. I guess. <laughs> It is written by Hiroyuki Nishigaki. Okay. A Japanese man. Seemingly. It was published in the year 2000. Hmm. The same here as Zabiba and the King. Huh. It's not relevant, but I thought it was funny. It's very interesting. Uh, it is 243 pages long. Solid. Uh, so I, I picked this book because of the, the title. <laughs> How to Goodbye Depression. That's How a to good, Goodbye Depression. It's a good if, title. If you constrict anus 100 times every day. And... All I knew about it was it was written by a Japanese man Mm -hmm. and the grammar was horrible. Oh. So I was like, I'm very interested to to know about this. And I thought it would be a lot more clinical. Yeah. Um, Not the case. Okay. This book reminded me a lot of uh, conversations with the Crystal Skulls. Oh, dear. Or interviews of the the, the Crystal, whatever. Right. Uh, Episode three. Episode three. It reminded me of that as well as Scientology. Okay. Uh, and there's also a, a, a kind of a reference to cows in here. We'll get to that. I'm excited. So let's jump in. How to Goodbye Depression. Uh, this book begins with a medical disclaimer. Nice. <laughs> that says, this is not actual medical advice. Consult your doctor before attempting anything in this book. It's the only part of the book that is perfectly grammatically correct and all the spelling is correct. Because the editor made it be because it had to be. That or the author just Googled medical disclaimer and copy pasted. Sure. I do know that the author actually wrote this all himself. He did the translation himself. Oh, wow. Which is why it's so bad. That's also still impressive. Uh, And also goodbye is misspelled at the header on every single page. How's it spelled? It's spelled without the E at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. hate to see it. It's spelled right on the cover, right. not on the pages. Yeah. Oh, man. Missed it by that much. So this book consists of seven parts. I'll just call them chapters. Sure. Now call them parts. 
I wrote it down as parts. I thought I wrote it down as chapters. Parts. I mean, if you say chapters, we'll, we'll understand where you're coming from. So part one is entitled, If You Constrict Anus 100 Times Every Day. Pretty straightforward. Dear Kegels. Part two, turn to Bay throwing away pride. Bay is spelled B-A-Y. Oh. Turn to Bay throwing away pride. Man, I thought you were Bay. Turns out you're just fam. <laughs> part three, do three-week fasting, save sex energy, and rotate vortex. All right. Part four, stare. Shoot out immaterial fibers. Um, succeed in concentrating. Okay, that one makes sense. Behave with abandon largesse humor. Lar- he used the word largesse. Largesse, yes. Wow. And beckon the spirit. Huh. Part five is erase your bad stickiness and multiply various good feeling. No comment. Part six is follow comfortable body response. Okay. And part seven is check your condition. Because you read that far into the book, there's obviously something wrong with you. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. So, part one. If you constrict anus 100 times every day. Why does that not sound like one of the weird ones? <laughs> exactly. Once you get through all the parts, yeah. it's like, that's the most normal one. Like, oh, man. So, part one begins with this. And I'm quoting this almost verbatim. Okay. I corrected a couple things just so it's more understandable, but this is what it said. I think it is effective to cure or prevent... Should I cut out the no, accent? Yeah, that's, okay. that's weird. I'm sorry. I think it is effective to cure or prevent depression and become happy, healthy, efficient that you, number one, constrict anus 100 times in succession and dent navel 100 times in succession every day following the lifestyle of long-lived British as possible. Two... Sometimes turn to bay, throwing away pride, welcome an insult, or fall into the hell voluntarily, or occupy your time with something else. So, I have thoughts about this. You should fall into hell or get a hobby. You should do right. something with your time. Yeah. <laughs> Those are your options. Yeah. Or turn to bay. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I never found out what turning to bay means. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> so, I can't imagine this is correct because I don't know that it went back that far. But to me, Bay in the terms of like turn to Bay throwing away pride, Bay is like your girlfriend or your significant other. Right. That's I doubt that's what he's saying because he doesn't really talk about that. Yeah. The, the only thing I could guess is what he means is look out over a body of water in in contemplate oh, like a your, literal bay yeah like your own humility or something. Ah. That's literally the only connection I can make because. He doesn't explain that, really. He does talk a lot about meditation and a healthy lifestyle. So that's how I interpreted that part. I don't know. Three, enjoy taking advantage of a petty tyrant to temper yourself. Get bullied. Yes. (laughs) Four, do three-week fasting and excrete a bucket full of old black solid excrement, which has stuck to your small intestine for long years. Cleansing. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a fun part of the book. Five, reduce the frequency of sex or masturbation to less than half if possible. But half of zero is. That's what's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, masturbation is included, so. It's true. Six, rotate your energetic vortex of your body. I like your center of being. We'll, we'll get to it. All right. 
Uh, the first half of this book is formatted very strangely. Hmm. It's printed as a bunch of messages on a forum. Oh. And I'm going to have to show it to you because I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what that means. I'm going to pull out the actual book here. Um, this is how it's formatted. Just, just take a look at it. It's just emails. It, well, it's like emails. I know it was on a news group. So it, it, they were, you know, they were DMs kind of. It's almost like Reddit where someone would post an article and then you would have people responding to it right underneath. Yeah. That, that's how the website was formatted that he was using, I believe. Subject from date, message ID, news groups. Right. It, it has all the info on it and it's. Before every single response. And some responses include the text of the message they're responding to. So the first half of this book, I got through really, really quickly because a lot is just reprinted for right. some reason. Right. <laughs> so so th- the first half of this book is the author on a forum that's about depression mm-hmm. and people who are depressed and they talk with each other. And he goes on there and is like, look, I've got the cure for all of you guys. You need to constrict your anus 100 times a day and dent your navel 100 times a day. And you won't be depressed anymore. How do you think these people responded? <laughs> I think they would have said, uh, what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, there, it's just a lot of messages between the author and these random people on this website. And most of them are just shit posting. <laughs> I'm so glad he has that disclaimer in front. Right. Most people are just making it a total joke because it arguably is. <laughs> I'm, ha- so, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around this book so far. It's very weird. It's wow. a very weird book. Yeah. So it's it's just him documenting his experience on this forum right. before writing the book. So this is like the the preamble. Exactly. This is like this is how I came to write a book about this. Huh. And and he's and he's like, look, people, I know the secret. You just do these exercises every day, and it'll make your life better. And then as it goes along, he starts throwing in more stuff. Um, but we'll get to that. Okay. Like a seven-step program. Uh, so these messages are a mix of just jokes, <laughs> questions about the technique, mm-hmm. advice from the author, um, and it just a lot of random shit. There's, there's so much of those messages. I don't know why he put it in the book, <laughs> especially the jokes at his expense. Yeah. Like, why? Why put that in your book? <laughs> hey, maybe he thought they were funny. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. He never really, he never addressed any of the jokes or anything. Yeah. Maybe he just wanted to give a full... I'm attributing an actual scientific mind to this man. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to give a full account of the responses he got. Maybe, Not all of the responses, but all the types of responses. My theory is that he just wanted to show that people were taking the time to respond to it. Sure. Okay. Be- because like. It's the internet. It, it's the internet. And I think he somehow thinks that that adds validation to what he's saying, that people are responding ah, to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it. So he literally included every message to see like, see, people are talking about it. It's, it's, they're, they're writing after, about it. I must be right. Yeah. After I just mentioned it, people are talking. It's like, cause they're people on the internet. They're yeah. bored and you're being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the author makes very bold claims about the benefits of anus exercises. Okay. Uh, it will cure depression. It will make you feel and appear 20 years younger. Wow. Yeah, I'd, man. I'd that's, be, that's a good deal. I would be a child. <laughs> I, well, I think he says like after decades, when you're getting older, it oh. makes you look younger. It will strengthen your organs. All right. Uh, and th- there's more to come up. We'll just leave it at that for now. 
There are a lot of messages from users who say the exercise uh, did nothing to relieve their depression. Sure. Wonder why. Uh, and, you know, everyone else is just kind of mocking the idea. This is the most depressing part to me, uh, is that there are people on this depression forum who are so fucking desperate. Yeah. Yeah. They tried it. And it didn't work. And it did. Of course it didn't work. Yep. Like, yep. but I feel so bad for those people. Cause they're like, I guess I'll tighten my butthole. Maybe that'll work. Cause nothing else is like, oh my God. One user says that they really want to strengthen their spleen, even though they have no idea what their spleen does. Oh, uh, there are a lot of Uranus jokes. Oh, sure. A yeah. lot. Yeah. I, I mean, so I got tired of it. When earth aligns with Uranus. Yeah. No, I got like, I was like, bro, we get it. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> You're making the same joke over and over. Yeah. The author recommends that in addition to anus constrictions and navel dentations, that you also take a one hour stroll every day. I mean, that I agree with. A lot of his advice is just like very, very general. Yeah. Don't be a sad sack of shit. <laughs> you depressed? Hey, try not being depressed. Try doing something. Yeah. Uh, another user recommends he take a hike. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you take a long walk off a short pier? I thought that was pretty clever. That is pretty clever. The author claims that he was taught the technique by an old man. Uh, of course he was. About 18 years ago, <laughs> which this was 20 years ago. So this right. is actually 48 or 48. 49, 49 or, yeah, whatever. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again. 38. So he was taught the technique by a really old man. Yep. When he was younger. <laughs> mm -hmm. Can I just say? <laughs> yes. Which you may be going here. The thought of an old man. Yes. Telling a young kid yes. to constrict his anus uh -huh. is alarming. <laughs> it gets worse. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, so he says after doing the technique for a year, he found that it worked for him. Okay. He says the first person he taught it to was a female yoga instructor who was very depressed about losing her husband. <laughs> I, they were... They were banging, right? At this point, I think this is just a metaphor for anal sex. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think it is. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, uh. The author claims that curing constipation is part of the key to curing depression. What if you're not constipated? Uh, I'm, he doesn't address that. Okay. Uh, he recommends six bowel movements a day. Holy shit. If you're shitting that much you are not healthy <laughs> that's not healthy wow healthy is one to two bowel movements a day cited by uh the, the fucking who i think i don't know okay sorry we don't have sources on this fucking we show. don't do that here no i have one a day if you want to know yeah, i'm about there uh but then he also says if you don't poop that's fine what <laughs> do it or don't <laughs> so constipation is in the way of curing your depression. Right, but if you get and if you get rid of it, you'll be fine. Yes. But if you don't, you'll also be fine. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Maybe it's his way of saying, hey, everybody's different. But, but then why put it in there? That defeats the whole purpose of his whole message. Yeah, exactly. Like, just fuck off then. Do it or don't. Uh, the author claims that every ailment is the result of stress and or depression. This includes cancer, by the way. Wow. Yep. He says time and time again that he knows he would have had bladder cancer 20 years earlier if he had not known this technique. Does he have bladder cancer now? No. Well, he might have passed away. I don't know. I'm sure it's impossible to find out. Probably, but also he knows it. He it's knows beyond it. a shadow of a doubt. He is very emphatic about the that he would have. Wow. Yeah. He talks about starting a group 
of people that that use this technique, right? Sure. And know about the benefits. And do you want to take a guess at what this group would be called? The Sphincters. The Anus 100 Club. Wow. <laughs> wow. I have a new goal. Uh, and there, practitioners could post video testimonials of their success. Someone else commented that uh, they don't want to be downwind of their first meeting. <laughs> uh, the author seems to go into like a sales pitch and he's like, you can do this exercise whenever you're idle, you know, waiting on the subway, waiting for an appointment or when you're in a meeting, etc." Yeah. You just sit those- there and... <laughs> This is going to be horrible for a uh, for an audio podcast, but do you know what I do in times like that when I'm what? waiting for something? I do this. I walk my fingers. Oh, yeah, nice. I've never seen that before, actually. That's interesting. I usually pick my nose. I mean, that's fair. Uh, one of the users asks him if they can constrict the anus and dent the navel at the same time, because he specifically says, do the anus first and then the navel second. And he's like, no, no, you can't fucking do that. Don't do that. Moving on. Yes, sir. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Anus Pounder 1000, sir. <laughs> 100% anus beef. Part two. Turn to bay, throwing away pride. Right. The author tells a story uh, about an elderly Buddhist disciple. Okay. Who never complained. Oh, I mean, that's the whole point. He wore whatever rags and ate whatever food people gave to him without remorse. Uh, one time, a person handed him a bowl of food, but while handing it to him, their rotting finger dropped off into the bowl, and the Buddhist ate that as well. Can we can we pause for a moment? Yeah, sure. Okay. So this is a Buddhist uh, uh, priest. Would you say? Uh, he's just called a disciple. So disciple. I guess a monk disciple. Or okay. A, either yeah. one. Yeah. Whatever. So he is just living off of what people give him. Yes. And somebody with a rotting finger gives him food. Mm-hmm. So he is thought very, very highly of. Right? Because that person with the rotting finger presumably needs that food for himself. Elsewise, maybe his finger wouldn't be rotting. I'm not sure. I mean, it makes a point of saying that what he got was not great. Right. I understand that. That is the whole point of Buddhism is, is learning to accept your conditions, right? Right. And, but you would think if people thought highly of him, they wouldn't just give him horrible stuff. What if he doesn't have anything better? Uh, I mean, fair enough. You know, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I've always been kind of skeptical of that part of Buddhism. Right. Uh, so a boy hands him a bowl. Rotten finger falls off. Nice. Eats it. The Buddhist eats it. Does he sue Wendy's? No. <laughs> that's a niche joke. That was a very niche joke. Damn. That's kind of uh, kind of old, too. I mean, yeah. It was also potentially proven false at one point. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I think they just lied about it. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the disciple ate the rotting finger as well. Mm-hmm. The Buddha... Asks the old man why he did this. And the old man told Buddha that he wished to be a good example to the younger generation. I'm going to eat your fingers. Now, I said he wanted to be an example to the younger generation because that's the only thing I could interpret from this jumbled grammatical mess. I'll accept it. It could be something else. but it sounds Buddhist. As far as I can tell, that's what his message was. Buddhist. Is you, you, you want to show the younger generation not to complain because of your circumstance. Buddhist-ish? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> What's the so so if you, if something resembles something else, it is that ish, right? It's Buddhist, but it's it resembles Buddhism. Yeah, so it, you could say it's Buddhist. You could, or you could say it's Buddhist-ish or Buddhist. Oh, I guess. Or I don't know. I was trying to find. I was trying to find a fun way to say it. Uh, so after this, the author talks about being in India 
and seeing a bunch of rich men cover themselves in mud. All right. And seems more symbolic than anything. And he thinks that's cool as shit. He wants to do it someday. He talks a lot about Buddhism uh, in how it teaches to discard pride, which really every religion teaches that. Yeah. Uh, he, he talks about hell, but it's extremely metaphorical mm-hmm. and very confusing because it's so metaphorical and vague. I really don't know what he's talking about. Does he just mean America? No, no. He actually, he likes America. Oh, he nice. talks about it a little bit later, but, Aww. but he, um, bro. he talks about hell and I like the way he talks about hell is how I feel. A lot of people talk about hell, which is just like you being in a horrible place. Right. Sure, this is my hell. I assume that is how he's talking about it. Right. Yeah. He quotes an old general in, in, in quotes old general because he it doesn't give a name. It's Sun Tzu. It could be nobody. He could be making this up. But huh. he quotes an old general. If we strive to save, we will be killed. If we strive to die, we will be saved. And in in quoting this, what he means is I think it is better to live dangerously. And look for death, because sometimes that is what saves you. May I just throw this out there? Yes. YOLO. Exactly. That's what, <laughs> I mean, really, that's a big part of his message. Carpe diem. He, he's like, these stresses of being sick, of dying, of others dying, this is part of what makes us die. Because <laughs> he, he's all about, like, stress is what gives you disease and illness. Right, right. You said that earlier. So anything that gives us stress, we need to learn to cope with. Mm-hmm. And his way of coping with death and stuff is to make it your friend. You got to become friends with death. So Has that this when guy you ever see killed him, anyone? I don't know. He, he's a little scary. Seems like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little, as a rule, I'm a little wary of people who want to befriend death. He does say, this was probably the most shocking thing to me in this book. He does say at one part, now I know sometimes you just feel like you want to rape a woman. And that, that um, pricked my ears up because I was like, ah, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm sorry. I don't understand what please, you mean there. Please, please be a translation error. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'm going to say right now in yeah. the context it was in, I don't think it was a translation error. I'm going to say right now in the context that it was in, just don't rape people. Right. This has been another PSA from a page too far. That, that was in a, a section where he's talking about... Actually, that might have been a PSA from a few episodes ago. Oh, no, it wasn't don't rape people. It was um, bestiality is wrong, and then don't be rude to people who can kill you. Yes. Those both were the two, the two PSAs. lessons are... Yes. Let's add to that. Don't rape people. Yeah, please don't rape people. Yeah, please. Just don't do it. Uh, so after he talks about, you know, coping with death and yeah. stuff and being more comfortable with it, he writes... I think we can sometimes cure a terminal cancer or depression if we don't follow the advice of the doctor. Oh, no. This is where things go downhill. Oh, no, 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 no. <sighs> he references the book The Fire From Within by Carlos Castaneda. Okay. Which he is a huge fan of because he quotes a few of his books. Oh. After the first one, I just stopped mentioning it because yep. I'm like, we get it, dude. Yeah. In uh, this author that he quotes defines petty tyrants because that's mentioned in the right. the, the part header. Right, find a petty tyrant. He defines petty tyrants as people who have allowed day-to-day stresses to fill them with negative energies and who try to make those around them as miserable as possible. I worked with a few people like that. I know. That that spoke to me when I heard that. Yeah. I was like, oh my lord. <laughs> was, that was my manager at my last job. It was so much fun. It wasn't fun. 
He recommends putting yourself under the power of a petty tyrant to temper your spirit. In fairness, when I was working with people like that, it was it was almost an entire crew. Right. Right. Um, we nobody wanted to be there. We all hated it. It made me so goddamn happy because I was being happy out of spite. Right. Because if I come in like, hey guys, how's everybody doing? And everyone else is miserable. Yeah. I feel amazing. <laughs> Because it's hilarious. Again, you're part of the problem. <laughs> you're right. But also, a friend of mine has a sticker that says, I can do all things through spite, which strengthens me. I love that quote. It's a great quote. He's kind of right. Yeah. But at the same time, no. Right. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't intentionally put yourself in a terrible situation. Right, because he talks about how stress is the worst thing ever. And then he's like, put yourself in the most stressful situation possible. Right. Do it, but learn to cope with it. But, but what if I don't learn to cope with it? Well, then you're screwed. Even if you can cope with it, why put yourself in that position? Yeah, exactly. Don't. It's like, a, uh, like an abusive relationship. Yeah, it's not worth it. Uh, he says that you should remain in this state for three to five years. Fuck you. What an interestingly specific... He has a lot of just arbitrary numbers yeah. just thrown in. During this time, you can study the petty tyrant for weaknesses. Again, we're back to the psychopathy here. How about how about the fact that I I can't even what? How about the fact that they're a terrible person? Is that a weakness? When the time is right and you are filled with the happy, lucky feeling, you should shoot out your immaterial fibers at the tyrant from your abdomen in order to defeat him. Just picture walking up to somebody, just jerking off on him. <laughs> <laughs> Again, what? all of this could be interpreted metaphorically as something horrible. <laughs> right. That's he's just a sex deviant. I think that's it. I, that sounds like because that that still is just you. It's just sex. Yeah. It's just I, that's why. Also, I just love because this is like three to five years. Yeah. So I'm just imagining like after the first year of being around a shitty person, he like whispers, "Kah." And then year two, <laughs> year two, he's like, May. And then every year he adds it until the final, he's like, ha! And he just obliterates the person. <laughs> and it's coming out of his navel, just like, Pew! that'd be awesome. Some Scanlan dick lightning there. <laughs> Part three, do three-week fasting, save sex energy, and rotate vortex. I am a fan of intermittent fasting. Uh, the one I was most interested in was Rotate Vortex. Yeah, that, I was I mean, like yeah, intrigued I'm there. there. Yeah. Fast for three weeks and you will excrete five kilograms of black shit. That's oddly specific. That's like a little over 11 pounds. Yeah. Of shit. Does he mean in the three weeks? Uh, Yeah, during, during that time, I believe. Okay. But that's still a lot of sh black shit. Yeah. Because this reminds you, this black shit is supposedly stuck in your innards. Right. So that you have 11 pounds of shit stuck in you that's not passing. Yeah. Which I, I want to point out that that was the cow's connection because like Lucy, what was her name? Believed there was black poison in people. Right. Right. Making right, right, them right, right, right. awful people. Right. This guy is saying the same thing. He read cows. Yeah. Or, or, or the guy who read cows read this. Maybe. Well, we don't know. Yeah. But yeah. No, he, it would have had to be the other way because cows came this, out sooner. This earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but yeah, no, it's black. Poison that makes you a horrible person, makes you depressed, makes you awful. I hate it. I hate it too, but it's, a, it's there. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I don't think cows won't have come out by the time this episode, so people won't no, know what we're talking about it's, yet. It'll be the bonus episode for Patreon in October. Yeah, check it out. Or, or don't. Or don't. We're, we're fine with you not checking it out, but yeah, okay. That's a, I mean, <laughs> enter at your own risk, but, you know, we recorded it. The author emphasizes the need to strengthen the heart. I'm with that. When he talks about strengthening organs, he's talking both physically and metaphysically. All right. I mean, it makes sense. Because in his mind, they're the same. Uh, to do this, there are several different things you should do. Okay. Uh, you should massage the thumb's root on your left wrist, eat bitter foods, and think of beautiful women. What if you're not into beautiful women? You're just fucked, I guess. Oh. He does say at one point, because he, he talks a lot about Buddhism, and one of the uh, aspects of Bo- Buddhism is that you can't have sex with the opposite sex on like certain days or something. Mm-hmm. And one of the users asked him, uh, does that mean that a homosexual relationship is okay on those days? Yeah. Because it specifically says opposite sex. Right. And he puts in, he's like... Just because I said opposite sex does not mean that homosexuality is okay. And it's like, oh, okay, Jesus. So that's a no. (laughs) He doesn't like homosexuality. Hmm. That was like one of the few moments in the book where he capitalized his words. I was like, (laughs) okay. He's just really against it. Yeah. All right. The red part of your complexion is evidence of a strong heart. I blush easy. You have a strong heart? Actually, I have a history of having a weak heart. (laughs) The opposite of that is true. My my <laughs> biological family had a history of heart problems. Yeah, no, a heart disease runs in my family too. It sucks. The author claims that eventually the strong red energy of your heart will burst out violently from your body. That's a bad thing. Like a flamethrower. Oh. And can consume objects. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm on board, bro. Oh, a Tesla flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. I eat a lot of Honey Nut Cheerios, so I should be able to do this at will. I yeah. Like, Burninating the peasants. He's tractor. He begins talking about how constricting your anus and denting your navel can improve your sexual energy. Is it just because you're having anal sex? That's what I'm thinking. Like, you have a tight butthole now, and your abs are, like, awesome, so you can you can thrust better, like... Yeah, he's just talking about anal sex. That's all he's doing. This is a strange episode. This is a very weird one. Uh, But he claims that the accumulation of sexual energy gives you supernatural powers. Holy hell. Okay. 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 So Hugh Hefner's a god, right? Well, I thought he had sex all the time. Isn't that what that means? No, no, no. I'm sorry. He's saying that you should accumulate sexual energy by not having sex. Oh, oh, you got to build it up. Right. Because, oh. So, so, he, so this is the way he looks at it, is that when you have sex with a woman, yeah, being a man, then you are giving up some of that sexual energy. Okay. And she is as well. And with that energy, because it's, it's almost like a life essence mm-hmm. that you have accumulated, that turns into a human. So it's life energy creating life energy. Right. So if you hold on to it, you gain that life energy. Then it just keeps building up. I see. Until you're a Jedi. <laughs> That's why the Jedi don't have sex. <laughs> oh, my. We cracked it. Ladies and gentlemen, we cracked the code. If they do, they're just like, I can't, I can't, bra- I can't grab my lightsaber. I wish anymore. we had a camera in here because I totally just turned towards it. <laughs> um, so basically, he's a nofap subscriber. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. don't have sex. You will be able to see through walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Eventually. Okay. <laughs> 
Here we go again. Eventually, you will feel an explosion within your body. Dude, you're so backed up. You just came involuntarily. That's what a, that is. It's called a wet dream. Your energies will form vortexes and the pathways between your chakras will be clean. Uh, he specifies that your vortexes can be in multiple different directions. They can be horizontal. They can be vertical. They're all over the place. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So by not having sex, right, you're building up sexual energy mm-hmm. by building up sexual energy. You are becoming a super saiyan. Yes. By becoming a super saiyan, you are reversing the energies and opening your chakras. Right. I see no problems with this. <laughs> so, uh, the supernatural powers he lists are like straight out of D&D. It's just the wizard spell list. It's like, <laughs> it's like I could talk to animals. I can lift an, an object that's less than a pound. It's like, it's a weird list. Cast mage hand. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Um, he also attributes Jesus Christ's miracles to his abstinence. I have heard that before. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Not put in this way, but yes. It, it has nothing to do with him being the literal physical incarnation of God? No. It's that he didn't have sex. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. The, and the place I heard it was, was from people that believe that he was not God. Right. That okay. he was, you know, a man who had power that came from somewhere you know that kind of thing okay Looking at all kinds of different theories about that at one point and abstinence was part of that yeah yeah okay it wasn't the sole key right part of it. so this is actually a new one for me because i've only ever heard of people believing that jesus christ was the son of god and that's how he could perform miracles right or jesus christ was just a man and the miracles didn't happen right i'd right. never heard someone be like he, por he no was, las dos. <laughs> yeah he, he, exactly he's like well he's not the son of god but he did do miracles i was like what the fuck yeah um of, of course there are people that are like he's a space alien and that's how he was able to do stuff right but i mean think of an interpretation and it's there part four stare stop and stare <laughs> I think I'm moving, but I go nowhere. Oh, this is not on the right over here. Nice. Yeah. Uh, stare, shoot out immaterial fiber. So we did that. Uh, well, he touched on it, but we're going to like go into more detail about it. Ah. Uh, succeed in concentrating. Uh, right. Behave with abandon largest humor. That's all hyphenated. It's abandon hyphen largest hyphen humor. Wow. And beckon the spirit. Hey, yo, spirit. Yo, spirit, get the fuck over here. My voice is so fucked. That, yeah, that was not great. Wow. <laughs> I can't do much that right now. That sounded painful. The author here defines depression as the inability to shoot out immaterial fibers or third attention to an outside object. Can I get a definition on the definition? <laughs> so, so you can't shoot out immaterial fibers. Right. You're fucking depressed. Huh. <laughs> We're both depressed, apparently. How do I know if I can't or if I Have can? Have you tried? No. Let's try it right now. can't do this <laughs> i don't like both of us staring at each other and tensing up i'm staring at the wall thank you okay i was staring into your eyes so maybe that made it worse no i was looking right there okay um so uh and then and then he adds on third attention to an outside object right it took me the entire book to figure out what he meant by third attention huh. i think he's referring to your third eye oh all right because if you change it to third eye it all of a sudden starts making sense yeah um, I don't know why he translated that to attention. Mm. I don't know. Um, so basically he's saying if you can't shoot out immaterial fibers from your being and if you can't open your third eye, third sight, maybe 
Maybe that's how he got there. Maybe maybe that could be it. I'm thinking Google Translate way. Right. If you can't utilize your third eye, right, then you're depressed. Apparently, right. <laughs> he claims that the opposite of this is enthusiasm. So this may be a translation thing: depression and enthusiasm. Yeah. I think it was a lot more nuanced to him in in Japanese than it is probably. In yeah. Um, but he claims that, you know, if you're able to shoot out, uh, immaterial fibers and right. if you can utilize your, your third site, right. Then you are enthusiastic. You are the definition of enthusiasm hmm. and you're no longer depressed. He talks about different forms of meditation in power spots. Ooh. I don't know what power spots are. Places of power. I, I yeah, that's what I, I guessed from it is that it's like, this is a spot where I can do the best with what I have, I guess. I don't yeah, know. This is my spot. Uh, allowing one to use their third attention. Through their third attention, they can shoot immaterial fibers. There we go. Okay, so you... So it is a Kikoho. Yeah, yeah, apparently. So you, you need to be able to utilize your third attention in order to do this. Yeah. Uh, there are different kinds of spirits inside of you, creating energies that form ver vortexes and immaterial fibers. Okay. Okay. We went from Goku to Tien, and now we're in the... Uh, last airbender, uh, <laughs> monk, not monk, Gyatso, the other guy. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think he has a name. Um, this reminds me a lot of interviews with the crystal skulls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. You have light codes inside of you. Yeah, you exactly. Learn to utilize them. Uh, these spirits have different colors that represent different attributes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We've been over this. The red spirit gives joyful energy. That's the opposite of what red normally means. The blue spirit, cunning energy. The black spirit, patient energy, and the yellow spirit, sweet energy. I mean, he got Hufflepuff, right? <laughs> he mentions a lot of other spirit colors, but then just doesn't say what they do. Oh, so okay. I guess he got Ravenclaw too. <clears throat> what was black? Black is patience. No, that's not Slytherin. So the spirits and colors also relate to certain organs. Ah, that's that's where it ties in, right? That you're gonna make a Captain Planet joke. Uh, I have the red spirit. <laughs> Heart. I have the bladder. <laughs> <laughs> He's the yellow one. Red is heart. Blue is liver. Black is kidney. And yellow is the spleen. Kidneys are patient and the liver is cunning. The liver knows how to filter out all the poisons we put in it. So there you go. But that's what kidneys do too. But they're more patient than the liver, I guess. <laughs> I think they're more fragile than the liver. That too, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, do you know what the spleen does? No. Uh, creates insulin? Uh, it, it does a couple things. It, it creates certain, uh, you know, proteins and stuff your body needs. Yeah. Um, it, it plays a big part in your immune system, mm -hmm. apparently. Oh, okay. Um, and then it also makes blood types. I, I forget. It's like, it's like, it's not white blood cells. I think it makes a certain kind of blood cell, though. Oh. So that, that's interesting. Yeah, I still don't know what the spleen does. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could live without it. I feel like you could live without it, but you would just you get their need, spleens removed. You would, yeah. You, so you'd probably spleens rupture. I, would do you need insulin or something, or it's like something? I don't know. Medication? Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> we're not doctors. We're not doctors. No, neither is this guy. The author highlights evangelical preachers as examples of people with these abilities. Interesting. Right. So he's talking specifically about. Um, See this guy? He's got kidneys. He's got a liver. No, he's talking about uh, what, what, what do they call the people who who feel or who are uh, possessed by the spirit of God? Pentecostals. And, yes, Pentecostals. He's talking about Pentecostals. Uh huh. 
And he's saying, you see how the, the, the preachers use the spirit's energy within them to move their audience sure. into, into action, I guess. Yeah. And, 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 and he's claiming that is what this ability is. When you're shooting out your immaterial fibers, you can influence things around you however you want. That's fascinating. But most Pentecostal preachers, as far as I know, aren't celibate or abstinent. True. There are and branches where they are. He highlights a lot of flaws with these individuals. He's he's essentially saying they're just they're they're talented. <laughs> ah. ah. He's like they can do it naturally to an extent. Okay. But then one preacher is like this guy's fat as fuck. He's not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm like, "Bro, you nobody knows who the fuck you are. Like, I'm, they're doing better than you." I'm so curious if he names names. He does. Oh, I want to hear those names. I didn't write them down. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't write him down. Does he talk about Kenneth Copeland? No. Fuck Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> he talks about uh, a few that were back in the day. Yeah. I mean, this is from 2000. Right. This was back in like pre Joel Osteen when he was like this. Uh, there one guy was from the 70s. That's how long oh, ago these yeah. guys were. So that that's he's he's name dropping these guys. And the <laughs> this is really fucked up. Just after the charismatic movement. So he, he'll put the name of the guy because he lists a bunch of them. So after he puts the name of a guy in, in parentheses, he'll put the place they're from. Oh, so he put this guy from Florida in the United States, this guy from Argentina, this guy from South Africa. And then he puts this guy and then in parentheses, it just says Jew. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> and every time his name comes up, it has parentheses Jew. Buffy. <laughs> oh. Holy shit. So this guy's not only a complete quack. He's also anti-Semitic. He's also anti-Semitic and he's homophobic. Wow. The trifecta. Uh, he claims U.S. presidents like Ronald Reagan. Of course he does. And George Bush Sr. All right. Okay. They were one and the same. They were elected because of their enormous spirit. Does he mean penis? He describes George Bush's spirit as, and I quote, red-orange colored, a secret weapon like a sharp dagger side-thrown by hand and can enlarge to the same width as the state of California about 2,000 kilometers high. So he's got, he's got, he's got a California-sized buster sword? He's got a fucking enormous Zompacto. He just pulls it out of his own soul and he's like, Rah! Just carry Guts's sword, but it's yeah, California? Dude. What the? F Again, could be a metaphor for his dick. Could be. <laughs> could I, I would prefer that, I think. I think so. So there, there was more in this part, but I, it was, I did not find it interesting at all. That, yeah. that was literally the only fun parts that I put right there. So part five, erase your bad stickiness and multiply various good feeling. I'm just going to pass on that. He's a wet wipe. So this part really just repeats some of the methods he uses for meditation. Okay. Um, he, he says that what he does or what he recommends you do is you should stare at either a rock, a tree, a star, or an animal. All right. And you just keep staring and you enter some type of altered state, like a meditation sort of. I don't, I don't know. That's how he describes it. So he's talking about zoning out. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about getting so bored you daydream here. Yeah. Um, and in this meditative state, supposedly you can expel sticky fibers from your body. Expelliarmus. <laughs> <laughs> Just like cover someone. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, so later he says, you must test yourself 
in order to know if you have enough good feeling in you to move on to the next steps of his process. Test yourself before you rest yourself. So there are two methods. To testing yourself. To testing yourself. All right. The first method, think of someone who is separate from you. Someone you know. Okay. Possibly someone you have a connection with. Yeah. You must think about them uh, in a positive manner. Like think about something you really appreciate about them. Some good quality. Yeah. Right? Okay. Positive vibes. I'm, d- I'm doing this, by the way. Okay. Yep. You do this for up to 30 minutes. Well, I'll wait. 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 <laughs> Said up to, right? Up to. It could be a few seconds. All right, I'm good. Okay. If you have passed the test, then someone will give you a gift. This is immediately, by the way. This is like within the next five minutes. Oh. Someone will give you a gift. Okay. Call you on the phone. All right. Invite you to dinner. Okay. Or someone will, you know, will recover from a sickness or illness. Is this the same someone or is this just... It's just one of those things from the person... Okay, the well, person you're thinking about. No, it doesn't even specify the person it you're thinking about. It just says someone's going someone. to... Huh. Someone you know will do one of those things. Huh. So are you, you thinking? I'm thinking. Thinking? Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Oh my gosh. What, what's up? I'm getting a phone call. You're getting a phone call? Hang on, let me answer it. Let me answer it. Oh my it. God, it's real! Hello? Hey, what's up? Oh, oh man, nothing much. I was just I was just testing this like meditation theory, and it said what? that somebody was going to call me in five minutes, or give me a gift. Whoa, that's weird, bro. Yeah, I feel like you should Venmo me $5. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) What a bit. I don't think that was worth it, but whatever. I don't think it was either, but I had fun. So that's method one. Proven. Proven effective. (laughs) Method two is somewhat simpler. Oh. You stare at a stray cat. Oh. And if it suddenly lies on its back and shows you its belly, then you have passed the test. Aw. That's so cute. That does mean they feel that they're safe. Right. But also, I would just do that every time because it's more likely to happen. <laughs> I haven't seen any stray cats around here. Uh, No, I've, I've seen a couple. I walk a lot, around a lot more than you do. Though. Yeah, I don't. I drive. I've seen a lot of dead raccoons. Do those count? Their bellies are up. Part six. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So in the part five uh, title, it says bad stickiness, right? Right. And I don't think I've explained bad stickiness. No, I don't think you have. It's, assuming it's negative energy. Pretty much. It's just any bad feelings you have, any malevolence, any anger, just all that bad Something juju. that's clinging to you. Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. Part six, follow comfortable body response. Uh, this part is all about proper diet and exercise. <laughs> I'm into that. Uh, pay attention to how your body responds to the changes you make and if they're, uh, you know, if your body if is positive, do the thing more. Right. If, if your body responds positively, keep doing it. Huh. This part, this part of the book is surprisingly like common sense and scientific. So <laughs> my body in particular responds very well to heroin. But like once you're off the heroin, does it respond? Good? No, it's horrible. Okay. So like it, you, you need to try something. Okay. And it, it, you have to take in all aspects of that something. So out okay. it's before, during, after, a week later. I see. And that's how you determine how your body responds fully to it. All right. Um, that's the whole fucking chapter. <laughs> it's just that. It's just like, hey, eat a lot of veggies, go for a walk, drink a lot of water, um, don't sit down too long every day. Whoops. 
That's <laughs> no, already failed. That, that's literally the whole chapter is just that. Um, huh. It was a really boring chapter. Nothing crazy. He didn't say anything crazy. To I mean, it just sounds thing. like he's giving decent advice at that point. Exactly. Yeah. That's not what we're here for. Uh, part seven. Yeah. Check your condition. Before you wreck your condition. Third time's a charm. In this last part, the author essentially reiterates everything he said about the connection between spirit and body. In closing. Pretty much. He just summarizes everything. Mm-hmm. And it's called Check Your Condition because at the end, he asks the reader to examine oh. examine themselves. Now you know, so now you're you're accountable. Yeah, so right? they're like, how do you feel about yeah, it? Yeah, look at yourself. What what do you th- what do you think your condition is? Well, look Where at do you, you think you're at? <laughs> Aw. So I challenge you to to ask God what he has in store for you. <laughs> is it punching you in the face? <laughs> because that's what that accent makes me think of. <laughs> uh so God. At the God. Uh, at the end, he have to have an extra breath at the end of the word too. I don't know because they're no, they. I, I don't know why they do, but they hallelujah. They're pompous windbags. Yeah, fuck Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> fuck Kenneth Copeland. At the end, he thanks the reader for reading his book in spite of his terrible English. Aw, English is my second language. Please be gentle. <laughs> so that was the end. Do you have any questions? If I if I maybe glanced over something? No, I think you you kind of interpreted everything as well as you could. Um, I, there were no lingering, of course, for me, there were no lingering questions because most of it, I was having trouble keeping track of in the first place. Right. So if you miss something, I don't recall, you kind of described, you described Bay as Bay was the biggest question I had because you said that was like yeah. going, going and looking out over body of water, but that leads more into like the finding a meditation spot. Right. And going from there. So that kind of got answered. No, I think all things considered, that was a very cohesive summary. It, it it came off to me as more it like so similar to interviews with the crystal skulls where it's yeah. like yeah you could have just like summarized all of this in like a couple pages yeah but it's like a lot of repetition a lot of saying the same thing five different ways and then all of it is just like most of it's bullshit anyway so right like, no i see i absolutely see why you uh, uh compared it to interviews with crystal skulls and right. scientology because it absolutely feels like a cross between those two books. Yeah. And when he talks about uh, shooting out immaterial fibers, yeah. it sounds so much like the Thetan in like astral projecting. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's like, that is a part of your being reaching out and physically affecting things. Right. So like that, that's that, that's what that reminded me of. Um, he, he mentioned something in the, some things in this book that I think that the translation just wholly lost any meaning. Right. I'm sure. And, uh, I'm sure. And I'm just like, I have no idea what he's saying. Here. Yeah. So I would love if, I don't know if there's a better translation. I would love to read it again just to figure out some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, since this is kind of short. A little bit. Uh, I wanted to do something a little extra. Oh, you're uh, always extra. I've written down some fun ass facts. Oh, okay. So these are some fun-ass facts. Some fun-ass facts. Um, I don't have a lot. So how about I say one, and then you just have say one that's on your mind, or you can think. I'll riff off it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so number one, your butthole is actually two valves. The internal involuntary sphincter. Sure. And the external voluntary sphincter. Oh. So when you feel like you got a poo. That's, that's the, pressure, the internal one. That's pressure on the internal. And then and then you fire one out. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's your first fun aspect? My f- my first fun. So here, here's what I'm going to say. You're okay. doing fun ass facts, right? I'm doing fun ass 
facts, okay. right? Like there's a hyphen there, so they're not necessarily ass facts. Okay, I'm done. My first this this is an aside to my first one. My aside to my first one is I love that the phrase I also hate that the phrase thetan yeah has become part of our vocabulary. <laughs> You're welcome. We have used it on more than one occasion now yes. since that book, and I hate it, but it's also kind of funny. So that's 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 the aside there. But uh, but no, my first fun ass fact uh, is that if you say "rise up lights" in a British accent, "rise up lights," you are saying "razor blades" in an Australian accent. Razor blades, rise up lights, razor blades, uh, rise up lights. Uh, uh, it's it's an intro to an accent. It's close. Yeah, <laughs> I like uh, beer can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was gonna be my my next and, one. Uh, yeah, Jamaican yeah. and British. I like yeah, that beer one. can in a British accent is bacon in a Jamaican. Fun ass fact number two. Yeah, a study was done by the University of Pittsburgh and the University of California. That determined that women with bigger butts consistently perform better at cognitive testing. This might be because the butt and hip area of the body store a lot of omega-3 fatty acids, which are good for the brain. They're also good for the development of fetuses during pregnancy. And the researchers found that women with bigger butts tended to have smarter kids as well. Huh. That was fascinating. To That's me. very interesting. That also took me back to so my next fun aspect. Okay. Is uh, this is kind of a fun aspect as well is in middle school. Omega-3 fatty acid was what the kids called the fat kids. Because <laughs> you're calling them a fat ass without... Covertly there. Exactly. Exactly. Without getting in trouble. Right. Now, the teachers still caught on because that's not subtle. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the eighth grade bullies, which I'll, I'll be honest, I was not one of them. I feel like in middle school, if someone called me an omega-3, I would feel like, oh, wow, that sounds so cool. Omega-3 fatty acid. <laughs> well, they would always st stress fatty acid. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, you knew. You knew. I got it. You knew. And by you, I mean me. I knew. <laughs> I knew what they were saying. I'm sorry, I was bullied in middle school. I'm sorry, I had. I had Wait, a... I'm saying your fucking name. Fuck! God damn it. My throat hurts. It was me. I was bullied in middle school. And now here I am. Look at me now. Haters, what you gonna do? <laughs> All right. Fun ass fact number three. Yeah. Certain species of turtle, while hibernating, will breathe through their butthole. I, I have heard of this. This process is called cloacal respiration. Yes. That is a thing. Uh, so my fun ass fact number four. Okay. I'm very strongly considering getting a, tor a tortoise as a pet. That's a good pet. Yeah. They're easy to keep. They live forever. Yeah. The only thing I'm afraid of the commitment. <laughs> the commitments. I mean, you know, you get a cat. Or a dog, right? You got a solid seven to 15 years, depending, right? Depending. Yeah, but it's a tortoise. <laughs> but a tortoise, you got to keep it. You got to feed it. You got to take care of it for like 50 years. It's really easy, though. It's yeah. it's easier than a fucking fish. What I'm saying is if I go on vacation, will you feed my tortoise? Sure. Okay. Yeah, hell yeah. So here on the show, we have a, a series of ratings that we give our books every every episode. It's a one to five scale. You have one being toilet paper. The book is not worth the material it's printed on, if that. Two, shampoo bottle. It's there. You can read it, maybe on the pot, something like that. Three, we have an Ikea manual. It's competent, well-written, maybe not entertaining. Uh, it's not perfect, but, you know, it, it's better than nothing. Four, we have a Kindle pick, which is something that is entertaining, maybe worth picking up at like a discount store or owning electronically. And number five is a hardcover. It's a book you must own. Instant classic. So, Leonidas. What is your rating for how to goodbye depression? Um, 
This is a pretty easy rating for me. I'm going to call it shampoo bottle. Okay. Um, it has some entertainment value. But it is not competently written. No. Yeah. It is a fucking mess. Yeah. Even more so than Interviews of the Crystal Skulls. Even more, like, this is the messiest book I've I was, ever read. I was at least able to follow the thread of Interview with the Crystal Skulls, right? right? It at least had some, not plot, but some development right. in it. This one bounced around all yeah. over the place. Yeah. And, like, he would mention something, and I'd have no idea what it is, and he'd be talking about it, and then he'd define it later. And it, 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 was, it was such a mess. And, like, the first half is just, like, a message board, and it, he copied and pasted a bunch of messages that, had the same text over and over right and most of it was just people making fun of them it's just a lot of repetition and just a lot of like why is this here yeah it's like why did you put this in your book and it felt kind of like a waste of time because he didn't get into any specifics in that part right and it was all later when he was actually like writing a book <laughs> um i think at some point i might want to look more into this author mm-hmm. see if he's written anything else or see if i can get more context yeah or maybe a better translation maybe an email address or a form yeah, because I feel like... Seems like he'd respond. I feel like this guy is like a gold mine. Could be. If we could just get through the horrible translation. Yeah. And and, and, and all that. Like, he, he said some really fucked up things in there. Yeah. Hey, uh, by the way, don't rape people. Don't rape people. Fun-ass fact number five. Um, You better not be homosexual. Or Jew. Or Jew. <laughs> you, uh... Oh, Jesus Christ. No, not him either. <laughs> not him either. <laughs> So, yeah, I would give it a shampoo bottle. Um, I was going to, like, when I got this, I was so fucking excited when I bought this book. Right. I was like, oh, my God, this seems like the best book ever. And I figured by the end of it, I would really want to put it on our shelf. But now I'm not sure because there's Mm. really not much to it. Yeah. But it is such a novelty to be owning this book. Like, I don't want to get rid of it. But I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to look at it again unless I can find more information on the author. So, like, maybe we could put it on the shelf for now and we'll maybe put it aside it on the shelf, maybe, because, I mean, we have something for Scientology. Right. We have something for the Crystal Skulls. Yeah. It's kind of both of those. We have Zabiba and the King and we have Time Blender. Let's, let's put it up there tentatively. Okay. And we can, we can go from there. Sure. Okay. Yeah. There, there it is. There, there it goes. It's on, it's on the shelf now. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I feel like this was not an impactful book at all. It was very short. It was very disjointed and confusing. Um, it had some laughs, but really, I'm I think I'm going to forget about this book pretty quick. Did you? Well, that kind of just answered my question. I was going to say, did you take anything from it? Do you think there's a lesson that you might have learned? Um, that good, crazy, bad, ugly, crazy comes from every country. That's what I took away from this. That is true. Yeah, that is very true. Um, but as far as good advice, it's just really basic shit from him. Exercise, eat healthy. Meditate, enjoy nature when you can. Yeah. Don't jack off and you'll become a super being. Right. Um, All the classic. George Bush Sr. had a giant blade cock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, something like that, I kind of forget now. So did Ronald Reagan. It was the size of California. <laughs> That's right. Ronald Reagan didn't have a blade cock. He had something else, but I, I forget. What oh, it was. it was it was George Bush who had the. Had, okay, right. Yeah. It was they George both had Bush. the same the same energy, but different manifestations. Right. It manifests in different ways. Yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. We have social media. No, we don't. I deleted them. Oh. <laughs> All right, that's it. See you guys later. All right, bye.